the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Believing the Bible with Scott Lane and Terry Reed of the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association with a message of hope in today's troubled world based on biblical truths. We hope that today's program is enlightening and inspirational. Guess what my teacher said? Life came from outer space. Is that a fact? Did you ask your teacher how she knows? Was she there? Oh, Grandpa, it's in the science book, so it's got to be right. One science book said that we only use 10% of our brains, but that was wrong. Be careful about trusting everything you read in a science book, but there is a book I do trust. It's called the Bible, the Word of God. It's never been proven wrong. You know when life started on Earth? My teacher said about 3 billion years ago, but I'm guessing that's wrong. Huh, Grandpa? Very wrong indeed. Let's read from Genesis. In the first book of the Bible, chapter 1, verse 11, we read, Then God said, Let the earth produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants, and fruit trees on the earth bearing fruit with seed in it, according to their kinds. And it was so. See, this says that God made plants as the first forms of life on earth and happened on the day three of creation. So do you think God used stuff from outer space to make life happen here on earth? Oh, no, Grandpa, not at all. You're right. For the theory of evolution to work, life has to start all by itself. But the more scientists study the experiments, the more they find that it's impossible. So some of them decided simply to believe that life started somewhere else and wound up coming here. Does that solve the mystery of where life came from? That sounds like they gave up on finding the right answer and just made something up. But that's not scientific, is it? Not at all. Science should be observable, testable, and repeatable. But having life come from outer space just has to be trusted by faith. If life did come from space, then there'd be no need for God, and there could be no sin, which means there would be no reason for a Savior such as Jesus Christ. Oh no, these people are mixed up. They need Jesus like I do. And like I do too. When we trust the history found in Genesis, then the life we find on earth makes sense. But for those who hold to the belief of evolution, they can only see millions of years because they don't want to see God. That's awful, Grandpa. What can I do? First, you can pray. Pray for people who believe in evolution to have their eyes open to the evidence of creation. Once someone sees that it's truly impossible for life to have come about except through a loving and all-powerful creator God, then they can accept the evidence for Jesus being their Lord and Savior. And that's when they will find the origin of life, eternal life. And that's a fact. Welcome to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane, president of the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association, along with Terry Reed and Dr. Carl Williams, directors at SABSA. We are here to reassure you that you can believe the Bible from the very first verse. Folks, this is a kind of a topic that hits me because <laughs> when I was a child, I was a Trekkie. And I can still drive my wife nuts because but watching an old first generation Star Trek episode, I can come in in the middle of a program and quote the lines of what's going on because I was such a Trekkie. <laughs> 
what is the allure of of thinking there's life out there? Well, I, I think it is interesting and, and fascinating to think, as used Spock's terms, to consider the fact that there are vastly different organisms and uh, life forms and customs and perhaps even the scientific advancements that would be available through the little green men who might come and visit us someday. <laughs> but the whole reason I set up this little vignette was mostly because scientists are frustrated. They've tried to figure out how life started on Earth, and they've come up with nada. So they invented a new theory, which actually is not all that new. A French historian named Benoit de Malais supposedly came up with the idea of panspermia, in other words, life coming from outer space. And there's three basic portions of panspermia. One is lithopanspermia, in other words, vast distances away, life began in the universe, and dust particles carried those little critters to Earth where they settled and uh, multiplied and became what we see today. And the other one is called ballistic panspermia, which means that one of the planets here in this solar system had a nice eruption throwing rocks and so forth out into space with little critters on them, microscopic obviously, that would have hit Earth and generated all the life we have on Earth. And a third, and one that amazingly several major scientists believe is called directed panspermia. In other words, life came from a little green man who visited us in a spaceship, if you will, and deposited life on Earth and watched it over it and cultured it and nurtured it and then sped away and who knows how long ago they left. So the person who helped in, uh, discover DNA, Sir Francis Crick, is among those scientists who believe in this third option because he's come to the conclusion that it's impossible for it to have happened spontaneously here on Earth. So obviously it must have happened somewhere else where it was possible, and then it got to Earth. Now let's underscore what was said there. It doesn't matter which one of these panspermia theories you're ascribing to. What they are saying is, from their observations, now we're talking about science, from their observations, the formation of life by chance is simply impossible chemically and physically on this planet. So now they're trying to throw it off to someplace else. That's not science. That's a religion in itself. That's Star Trek. At Star Trek, and it's a statement was originally very well supported by the co-discoverer of the formation of the DNA molecule, of the, one of the people who found the form of the DNA molecule, a person with deep understanding of, of the chemistry of this planet. And the complexity of life. Right. Well, what would lead them to that? What are the major faults with the general theory of evolution that would lead in a wrong direction? Well, there's a commitment to this philosophical materialism. Materialism is true. They got to believe because they won't allow belief in God. They won't allow a belief in anything that cannot be observed and tested and repeated, except for theory of evolution, of course, that there must be a scientific reason for why something happened. So they, since they can't make it happen in the test tube, they can't make it happen anywhere in the sphere of the Earth, it must have happened somewhere outside. 
You are listening to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed and Dr. Carl Williams. If you would like to learn more on this subject, go to sabsa.org. That is S-A-B-B-S-A dot org. Something that I ask is, even if life at some microscopic level did come from outer space, for which there is no evidence, Mm -hmm. would that life have been able to come to be all of life on this planet as we observe it today. They still have all the, the problems with adding all of this information to the genome. Oh, you're absolutely right there, too, in that just the abiogenesis, in other words, life from non-life, is actually the biggest pro- hurdle they have to cross. And they can't cross it. No way, no shape, no how. So even Stephen Hawking has come up with the panspermia, or jumped on the panspermia bus. You're right, though. If life were deposited, let's, let's just give them that. Let's say we, we gave them uh, chlamydia. What's the thing going to eat? And chlamydia is the smallest bacterium that is semi-free-living. It's not even truly free-living. It has to have a nurturing environment in which to live, or it dies very quickly. So you get the simplest, so-called simplest biological cell in the world, in the known universe, and you put it into the most nurturing environment you can possibly imagine. How is it going to become multicellular? How is it going to become all the variety of life we have on Earth now? And the answer is, ain't no way. It can't happen. There's no way for new information to form. All observed mutations that have been seen so far have all been detrimental, have been a loss of information, have not been a gain, not been a a beneficial gain. So as far as the mutations that may have given some minor survivability improvement, such as the sickle cell disease, it only gives a minor improvement against one particular disease, but makes the organism weaker wherever they go, no matter where they go. So if they get even the sickle cell trait and they go to a high altitude, they could still have a sickle cell crisis. In the little time that we have remaining, Carl, I'd like to address what this thesis, along with everything else in the general theory of evolution, impacts theology. If we did happen here by chance, or if we were planted, or if anything else, and there was death and destruction for millions or billions of years before Adam, or Adam didn't even exist, what does that do to the gospel? It totally destroys it. If there's no original sin, there's no original sinner, then there's no need for Christ. Christ quotes from Genesis. Christ quotes frequently from the beginning and from the marriage. And he he quotes Genesis as much as he quotes any other portion of the Old Testament. So he believed in Genesis. He believed in the literal Genesis. So if Christ is quoting from something that's a fairy tale, then obviously Christ is worthless too. So that is the bottom line. If evolution is true, and we came from nothing, absolutely nothing, and came by accident and chance, then there's no need for Christ. There has been an explosion in the number of exoplanets discovered. That's planets detected outside our solar system and other star systems. We know that we have found more than 6,000 of them. This would lead some to believe There has to be life out there. But what we have found, that none of these planets and solar systems meet all of the more than 200 prerequisites 
for life which are made possible in this very special place we call Earth. Scientists are consistently looking for water and planets in a habitable zone around stars, saying that these two things always make life possible. But they ignore the fact that, as we detail in this program, biological evolution, even with water and the right conditions, is physically, chemically, and mathematically impossible. Finding life out there would disprove the Bible, not God's existence. But what we know from the Bible and natural laws is this universe says that we are quite probably alone and very special creation of God. Scott Lane's book, What If God Wrote the Bible, will be released nationwide on March 2nd. Pre-orders for e-books are already available on Amazon. This book gives six evidence that God wrote the Bible and thereby gives evidence of his existence. It includes evidence of the Genesis account found in the creation accounts of other cultures all over the world. It has evidence of God and the Bible, understanding modern physics, biology, and chemistry thousands of years before man. It shows how God protected his words down from the ages and has made over 2,500 very specific prophecies with over 2,000 of them already coming to pass. This and more can be had by you if you get your copy of What If God Wrote the Bible by Scott Lane. Our podcast, Scroll Down Till You Find Believing the Bible. Please join us again next Saturday for Believing the Bible. I'm Scott Lane. And for Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and Ed Salzabell, thanks for listening. And we hope you found today a reason to believe the Bible. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.